Hello and welcome to Be Positive Shoot Negative Podcast. This week I had the honor to sit down with the talented Joe Greer. We discuss everything from his recent release book, fashion, and of course the Cincinnati Bagels. So without further ado, let's hop right in. Yeah, I mean, let's hit that first question. Now that we've All right, sounds got... good. Uh, so you've worked with clients such as Squarespace, Disney, Visco, and others. What has been your most unique collaboration so far? Yeah, um, I think one that there's two really that um, kind of jump out uh, at me is uh, the first one I think is uh, I did a campaign with Madison uh, last spring with um, Land Rover. And uh, that was my wife and I are uh, Land Rover owners ourselves, And we got a 2004 discovery. And um, so kind of being a part of the, yeah, the Rover family, uh, when that opportunity arose for us to, you know, they wanted to make a little film about us living in Brooklyn um, and kind of doing what we do, uh, kind of our daily routine in, in New York City. That was really special as well as kind of documenting them. And they gave me kind of the freedom to, to photograph the campaign um, on film, uh, which was fantastic and something I'm trying to do more of uh, within my client work is to uh, them to give me the space and the freedom to document on film. So that was, I think, really special. But I think probably my favorite one uh, was my my work and my collaboration with uh, Leon Bridges. I think that was probably an, an unexpected one, uh, just kind of happened. Um, yeah, really unexpectedly. And I'm, I'm very thankful uh, for the friendship now that I have built with, with Leon and um, the trust there. Uh, he is a, he is a true artist and uh, he believes in the medium of photography and, and what we do as photographers. So to have him trust me um, and to like, let me into his space and to document him while he is participating in making his work and his art uh, was a, was a true um, blessing to just kind of, yeah, have two artists come together um, and just see each other work. And uh, we had a really, and still do, every time he's in Nashville, we try to link up and make some stuff, but we've got a really, uh, yeah, great work relationship. And um, I trust him and he trusts me. And there's just this, this cool bond there, which I'm, I'm very thankful for. So that's probably my, my favorite one for sure. Uh, so you were born in Michigan. I, I recently found this out. I thought you were originally born in Florida. Mm-hmm. So you were raised in Florida. You then right. moved to the West Coast, and then from mm-hmm. the West Coast, you lived in a couple cities, then to yep. New York, and then from New mm-hmm. York, you moved out to Nashville, and now you're building your dream home with your wife. What right. city has been the most impactful on you as and as well as your art? Yeah, I, New York, 100%. I mean, that has been the biggest um, chapter of my life. Uh, other cities, you know, obviously, I, when I was out West in Spokane, Washington, for Four years. That's where I. That's when photography started for me when I was in college doing you know something different. Um, and then I lived in Colorado for a year working at Visco. And then I moved to Portland for two years right when I got married. And then it was New York. Um, and then Florida doesn't count because I wasn't even remotely interested in photography. Had was not even close to being on my radar at that time. Um, I don't know. Lived in. I only lived in Michigan for the first four years of my life before uh, we moved down to Florida. But. Um, yeah, New York 100% uh, left the biggest impact um, on me on, uh, as an individual, um, as a, a man in his late 20s going on his early 30s, uh, left an impact on my work, left a great impact on uh, me and Madison and, and our marriage. So yeah, that three-year span uh, in New York was 
uh, I think the most beneficial, uh, challenging, um, and brought the most growth uh, for me as an artist and as a photographer. Um, it's a very hard city to make work um, and to get work. Everybody's, you have the top tier of everybody in their field, no matter what they're pursuing, whether it's art, uh, music, you know, something more professional, like being a lawyer or every, at the best, the top tier of everybody is yeah. in that city. And um, I was just uh, absolutely inspired by the idea um, that I'm never going to be the best at what I do in that city. There's always going to be somebody better than me, outworking me, out hustling me. Yeah. Just living there and, and kind of believing in that idea that um, I'm never going to be the best in that city uh, just absolutely fueled me uh, to, to work harder, um, to push harder, to continue to shoot and to continue to make a bunch of mistakes and continue to learn and grow from them. So, yeah, I think the three years in New York, uh, without a doubt was by far the most transformative, um, rewarding, challenging, uh, and beautiful times uh, in my life for sure. Yeah. And that style that you developed in New York is unmatched. Um, how would you describe your artistic style that from like the beginning when you started to like transitioning and now? Um, yeah, when I think about, I guess my style, I don't really, um, I don't know what style I have. Um, and that's not something I really even think about. Um, I think if anything, my style comes from my upbringing and my experiences in life. I think that's what, as artists, what we pull from, uh, whether it's a photographer, again, a musician, a painter, you name it, like we all pull for pull from, whether we, we know we're doing it subjectively or not, we pull from this well of experiences that life give us, good or bad. Um, and I've seen both. Uh, it, so I think that is where it comes from. So like I'm, when I'm on the streets in New York, I'm drawn to certain elements um, compositionally or emotionally because of certain things that I've been through. I can relate to a certain emotional atmosphere um, because this, it triggers a memory of childhood or it triggers a memory of this or that or something I did have or didn't have. I it's got, probably is super weird to hear. Or it might not make sense, but um, my style comes from, I think, me as a human being and what I've experienced in my 31 years of life. Um, that's a very key ingredient, um, how, how I go about making uh, photographs and I go about my, my, my work is allowing... Um, yeah, my experiences in life to influence me behind the camera. Uh, that's one of my most, I guess, uh, my biggest asset. And um, and my work is, I, I'm not a robot and I don't like, you know, I was in my, the beginning part of my career, I was just this closed off, didn't let any kind of emotion come in. And I just was just like, I was just a machine and I was hitting a button and taking a hundred photos in five seconds. and. Uh, and there was no decision-making uh, in that process. It was more, uh, yeah, it was super robotic and dull and lifeless. And, and once I started letting my experiences uh, that I was going through in my mid-20s or even pulling from uh, growing up, uh, it, it, things started to come to life. Everything was interesting. Uh, everything had its, its um, own place uh, in the world, in my eyes, photographically. Uh, and I was, I was starting to, you know, fall in love with different elements of life as I was going through and working four part-time jobs in college and trying to, you know, neglecting my studies to go take photos. And, 
And then, uh, yeah, man. So I think from my artistic style, it's just like, I, I enjoy photographing life in every element of life and every season that I'm in. And this year was a really big season, a transitional season for pretty much everybody. Um, kind of like yourself, I left New York, moved down to Nashville because of COVID and we decided to leave the city um, and which was very hard and still is difficult. I miss, we both uh, really miss New York a lot. We miss our friends and um, however, we're very thankful to be in Nashville. Um, but I just think like, yeah, in terms of artistic style, it's, there's not, there's not a word that I like to use. Or I don't think of it in that way. I just like, I just pull from what I've gone through. Um, and I think that makes up a big chunk of, of my style. And um, I think that's just important for every artist is to try to find that instead of copying or trying to like, you know, copy and paste someone else's style. Yes, there's inspiration. And we're all inspired by a lot of different um, people or groups of people or, or elements. Uh, and, and that's been the case for me, but where I'm at right now and the things that I'm drawn to, um, I think just come from this well of, of life that I've, um, I've, I've been through. And, uh, that's like, yeah, my biggest, my biggest asset as a photographer. So mentioning like bringing off of that, you bring a lot of your artistic style through your upbringing, um, and like your life in general, how did photography find you and what's your photography story? Yeah, um, it was 2011. I was a sophomore in college out in Spokane, Washington. I was going to a Bible college. I was planning to be a, a minister or a, a pastor. That was what I thought my life was going to be. And um, downloaded Instagram in 2011, uh, November 4th. Um, that's when I got my first iPhone, iPhone 4, and just was like, yeah just dinking around taking photos of whatever my lattes and you know horrible 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 photos uh, but i was just excited about it and i was like i downloaded visco and i was getting and me and my buddies were all doing it and and we had no idea what we're doing um and then yeah i just that was just a fun really uh raw pure time in my life when i was yeah a broke college student working four part-time jobs to pay my way through school um, and yeah, I had no real plan to ever do, um, or to be a photographer full-time. That was, again, I had a, a totally different path in mind, but then as I started to learn and grow and, and more, you know, joy started to, uh, accompany this, this weird thing of taking photographs. I just, I looked forward to it every day. I woke up, I was like, okay, what can I do? Like, can I, do I have time today? Okay. I got to work at I worked at American Eagle. I worked at Sonic. I worked at a few Apple. It was like, do I have, okay, I have a five hour shift. Can I make sunset? Can I go? And so I was just, yeah, the, I caught the bug um, from just an iPhone four back in 2011 and 12. And, uh, and then the, the beautiful thing was that me and my buddies, we, were, we all did it together. So we all had that same passion, that same joy. I still have that joy. I still get excited um, making photographs. And I think that's the beautiful thing about photography or pursuing it long-term um especially if it's like your main source of income is do is that joy still there of you clicking that sh that shutter button advancing the film or whatever it is um do you still have joy making photographs and i feel like it, i i feel like i just started and you know it, it's it's still there and it's important to try to figure out how to keep that joy alive especially when it's you know you're making money from it and that's what pays the bills but it all started back in uh, in college and you know, fast forward a few years, 2012, 2013, 2014, 
Instagram started to kind of take off for me. And then I graduated in 2014 and had the massive, you know, life decision to go to seminary and further my education um, or not and pursue photography. And um, I just, I felt like, you know, photography was becoming the way that I communicated. And it, I was more excited about making photographs even on my iPhone than I was with the thought of, of furthering my education um, and to go down that route. So I feel at peace about it. I feel like 100% it was the right decision. Um, and it, yeah, so I think that that's how it all started, man, it was just, I started on my iPhone back in 2011 and um, slowly learning new methods of shooting with digital and then film. And I'm still learning and got a long way to go, um, but it's, that's kind of how it all started, man. It was just on a, a dinky old iPhone 4 back in 2011. Uh, you had an interview with Leica and you mentioned that you're drawn to colors. Um, it, you mentioned that it's a significant aspect in what you look for. Um, mm -hmm. When you shoot black and white where there's no colors, what right. are you mostly looking for? Yeah, uh, what, I love shooting, what I love about shooting with uh, black and white is because I'm not looking for the color element, um, that's just one less thing I have to worry about. There are times when I am shooting black and white because I shoot predominantly color. I am, there are times where I'm drawn to color uh, composition and I make the photo, but then I realize as soon as I took the photo, frick, I have black and white in, that's not gonna be as good as I envisioned it if I was shooting colors. That's kind of a, a bummer that's happened way too, uh, way too often, unfortunately. However, when I'm in the zone and I'm, and I'm I'm shooting black and white. I'm purely drawn to, to movement and emotion. Those are the things, uh, which I, when I'm shooting color, I'm also considering those, those elements. Um, but with black and white, it's just, okay, where's the movement happening? Where's the emotion? Um, if I can pinpoint and try to find that within a frame, uh, that's where it all starts for me. It's one of those two things. And then from that, obviously lighting, Lights are a given. I don't have to mention that because it's always that's always a, a thing I'm looking for. But I think the two big things are uh, just movement and emotion. Is it, can I get one of those things? Or ideally, I would like to have both of those elements um, within a, a, a frame that I make. Um, so William Verbeek released an interview with you on August 25th, 2019. In that interview, you stated mm -hmm. that it seems like you would need to be 60 years old until you can release a book. What Looking back at this moment, would you have ever thought a year later that you would have a book in homes around the world? Yeah, that's a uh, little did I know what that. I'm really glad I made that statement uh, and it was just kind of off the cuff. I just kind of said it, um, but I cannot believe, you know, because I, I launched the book in May. So that's what eight months, seven, eight months later that had happened. Um, it was unexpected. It was an absolute joy uh, to be able to put that body of work together. Um, yeah, completely unexpectedly. Again, August 25th, like you mentioned in 2019, I, NYC I Love You was not even a thought I had in my mind. Um, I've always wanted to make a photo book. Photo books are, are the, one of the greatest sources of inspiration um, for me personally. And it's a big reason why and where I am today in my career. I attribute to, to the photo books that I've collected. Um, so the, the, the thought and the dream of having my own work live in someone's home and to be a source of inspiration, whenever it is that they choose to grab that book, um, as I have grabbed many uh, books in my, my, my office upstairs, um, 
that's the greatest, I think one of the greatest achievements for me as a photographer. What I want to continue to do in the future is to have my work live in someone's home. It's a very intimate space uh, for all of us, whether you're in college, whether you're in high school, whether you're uh, mid twenties, thirties, forties, it doesn't matter. Like home is a very intimate, sacred space. Um, and we all choose what we bring into our space. Um, and so to have people, um, here in the U.S. as well as around the world um, buy that and to have that in their homes has been the greatest honor um, and the most humbling thing I've ever experienced in my life. Um, yeah, it's and I'm going to, you know, when I dropped that book on uh, May 25th, 2020, um, that was the greatest, greatest day of my career. Maybe it was the 19th, actually. It was May 19th. Um, yeah, that was the greatest moment of my career. Um, the, the love and support that I got from um, the photography community on that was, um, unmatched and, uh, yeah, that joy of, of, yeah, of seeing people enjoy, um, the work that you've made is, is a feeling I'll be chasing for the rest of my life. Uh, so speaking of your book, um, where did this idea come from? What was the process like you from start to finish? Yeah. Um, I think it's the thing I, like you, like you brought up in the last question, uh, August 25th, 2019, the book, that idea of the book or the story arc or the, the sequence of it, it wasn't even on the radar. It, I knew that I, at that point I was, you know, two and a half years into living in New York, just over two years. And I, I knew that I had a lot of great material, um, to make a, a book someday, but it wasn't until COVID Maddie and I ended up in Nashville. We just happened to be here when everything broke out in mid March. Uh, when the NBA got canceled, everybody falls to, we were already here visiting family. And we decided to cancel our flight just to stay here a little bit. New York started to get crazy, you know, and it started to become the epicenter of the whole pandemic. And so we're like, let's just like chill here for a bit. Um, kind of get, let's lay low, figure out what, what's going to happen. And all of my work started to cancel um, that I had it booked. Um, I wasn't going back to New York anytime soon. And so I had, I had almost all of my hard drives on me, uh, which was random because I never, that never happens. Um, and so I just, I just was looking like everybody else. I feel like we just would go back to old work. We weren't really shooting maybe aside from doing at home COVID projects, but like, which I wasn't doing. Um, so for the last half of March, all of April and the first part of May, so almost two months, exactly. I was just, I didn't take any photos. Uh, during that stretch, I was just diving deep into the, the three years of, of work that I made in New York City. Um, and then realizing, okay, I think I have something here. And at that point, you know, mid-April, we, we realized that we weren't moving back to New York City. And so we were leaving and I was pretty emotional about that. So, and I was just like looking at the work and I'm like, man, I think I have something here. Um, and for the first time in my career, um, this body of work, that I made in New York for those three years, it had my absolute 100% of my attention. When I was looking at the, I was working on jobs, I was editing, I was traveling, I was, you know, continuing to shoot in the streets and my mind was being pulled multiple different ways. But because of COVID and I was home and I was stuck at my in-laws house, God bless them, there during um, the pandemic, NYC I Love You had 100% of my my focus, my mental energy, everything was, was, dialed in into this body of work and so it took weeks and weeks of me kind of curating and getting you know 
a few thousand photos uh, down to 600, getting 600 down to 300, getting 300 down to 200, and working my way down and trying to figure out the sequence and then printing 200 little, you know, four by four cards from CVS and then laying it all out on the floor and then figuring out this. And then the, the, in terms of like the title, it was just, it truly was, as I mentioned in a YouTube video, like it was my goodbye letter um, to New York City or my love letter uh, to the city. It, 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 in terms of the work was just, the whole story was there. It was, I just needed to see it. I needed time to slow down and to look at it and to piece it together. And um, because, and it works perfectly because it was just this three year mark of my time in the city. Um, my, my love letter, my snapshot, here's what I saw. And it kind of just, yeah, once I figured out the, the title of the book, it all just kind of, it came together um, very beautifully and, and, and perfectly. Um, and I'm yeah, very, very stoked with uh, how it, um, how it came out. And there are a lot of photo, other photos that didn't make the cut that I could have added. And that was the hardest part was getting it down to um, the final form. Um, that was incredibly challenging. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty stoked with how it turned out. That's kind of how it came, came to be. You have a project that is soon to come out with Moment titled Photographic Storytelling with Joe Greer. Uh, can you touch on what this project is and where people can possibly find it? Yeah, it launches uh, this coming Wednesday. Uh, I think that's the 19th. Um, it's my first online photography workshop or my first workshop that I've ever shared. Um, essentially, like with my YouTube, I'm probably the most inconsistent uh, photographer on YouTube. I post once every three months, it feels like. Um, so uh, I don't know why anybody's subscribed to my channel because I am just, that's just a waste of a subscribe, I feel like, for anybody following me because I just don't, I'm not good at that. Um, but I, with my YouTube, I've just, I've never really been the, the most technical photographer or talking about the, t the technical aspects of, of photography. That's not how I work. That's not, I have a lot of, uh, I think, handicaps when it comes to those kinds of things. I know how my few cameras work and it took me a long time to figure that out. Uh, and now that I've figured out how Leica's work, how certain medium format cameras work, I'm just sticking with it. Um, and so for this, it's just everything else. It's not a technical workshop. Um, my buddy Willem made one and he pretty much dives deep into the technical aspects of film photography. So if you're looking um, for that, take Willem's um, workshop. Mine is all about the why. Why do we pick up a camera in the first place? What is it? What fuels you to pick that up and to go out and to make photographs? Um, so I'm diving deep into just like my photographic philosophies how I approach things. Um, and it's for the first time really ever, um, people will be getting a really intimate um, backseat ride to how I go about making um, uh, work and how I go about building a project. Uh, I tap into my editing process for the first time ever. Um, and so I think that's just kind of what it is. It's just like how um, to build photographic stories um, and how to tell that in a world where in 2020 going on 2021 where everybody is a photographer everybody has a high-powered camera sitting in their pockets in their purses in our iphones and the new iphones just came. so and that's and i you know fully believe uh, powerful powerful photographs can be made on a on a on a phone um, that's where my career started so i believe in the power of mobile photography uh, so knowing that everybody has incredible access uh to making photographs um it's just, yeah, I think this, this workshop, I'm just now looking, watching through all the final edits and I'm pretty stoked with 
how it all uh, came out. I'm also pretty nervous too, because I'm not, I feel like I, teaching and, and education, I definitely want to be doing that um, more in the future. Uh, I just, you know, I'm, I'm not the best at explaining things I, sometimes. Um, when you got guys like Matt Day, Corey Willem, Vincent, all these guys that are so, and gals so talented in, in explaining things, me being dyslexic, it's just, I get, get kind of confused and, and, and messed up quite often. Uh, so I'm hoping that I'm able to articulate kind of what I've experienced and what I've, I've learned over the last uh, nine years. And I'm pretty excited with how it turns, how it turned out. You have worked with many artists from William, Matt Day, Corey, and many more. Is there someone you haven't worked with that you would love to work with? Um, I'm sure there are. Um, I can't think of anybody right now because COVID is completely uh, derailed any of that kind of conversation on collaboration with, uh, with people because we're, we can't, I mean, for the most part, we can't link up or you can't, depending on who, where you are and what people, so it's just, I haven't thought about that because I'm, you know, moving to a new city, getting situated, focusing on my health. Um, so that's been the last thing I've been thinking about right now is just, okay, how can I make it through 2020? How can I find work? That's kind of what I'm uh, on right now. It's not a fun answer, but um, I know there are, once things hopefully soon in 2021, uh, life uh, not returns to normal, but be, can be, I don't know, get back to some sorts, some sort of uh, normalcy. Uh, I'm really looking forward to just getting out there and uh, meeting new people, meeting you know new artists, and and seeing what we can make. Um, as there's a lot of talented, um, a lot of talented artists uh, within the photography community, and uh, I'm excited to yeah find that even in Nashville. Uh, but also it's hard to like socialize and to meet new people uh and especially being somebody new in a in a new city it's been hard for me to kind of find my community uh and i know that you know will come with time in 2021 uh, but right now i'm just i'm solely focused on uh making sure you know uh, me and my family are safe and our health is where it needs to be and trying to figure out life in a new city in the middle of a global pandemic every artist has been through not liking what they're producing or not feeling like it's up to their standards. How have you gone through these moments and what tips can you give to fellow artists that go through this situation? Yeah, I think it's incredibly important to remember um, to change it up. I think there's a few things that I think have allowed me to overcome um, these kinds of droughts is consistency is key there are times we've all experienced it where we do not want to take photos where we do not want to go out we do not want to do that and I, that happens to me often um but we have to keep pushing through we have to be consistent um and we have to change it up if we're going through those seasons of not stoked on the work we're making or kind of a creative drought change it up shoot something different if you're if you're all in on studio portraits and, then, and like you got these high-end lighting setups, backdrops, and you're just, you've been doing that for years. And then you just hit that wall and you're like, dude, what am, change it up. Don't use natural light, go outdoors, take these portrait sessions into some outdoor elements or change the whole thing completely. Stop shooting por uh, portraits, do landscapes, do street, do environmental, do still life. There's so many different elements and avenues within the photography uh, landscape. And I think it's important for us as photographers and as um, artists to not get stuck in one lane. And I think that's the, my biggest thing that I that I 
live by and that I preach is the photography highway is massive. There's many lanes, change lanes, be, learn, grow, make mistakes, learn from the, those mistakes, find, give yourself opportunity um, to fail and to be uncomfortable. My favorite thing I like to do is I always try to, I don't want to live a, a comfortable life. I, uh, I, I like being uncomfortable. I think that allows me, I don't know, to be vulnerable, um, to be honest, uh, and to and to know that there's a very high chance I'm going to make some mistakes here transitioning into this new lane. Um, but that just gets me so amped how my mind works, how my personality works. I love a challenge. Like I mentioned, being a former athlete, I'm always trying to find ways to, to sharpen my, I'm, I'm constantly trying to be sharpened as an artist. And, um, and I think the best way to do so is to put ourselves in uncomfortable positions uh, that force us to, to learn and to learn quick. Um, that's helped me. I, again, I've, I've made some great, things that being placed in those situations. And there's a lot of times where I have failed epically and taken time to, to really sit with those mistakes and to, and to move forward with them. Um, but also I, I try really hard um, in my personal life, in my daily routine um, to implement these safeguards that allow me from ever feeling burnt out or not stoked on my work. I take time away. I focus on other things that have nothing to do with photography. I take time off of my phone uh, weekly, off of my computer. I, turn, I go offline. I turn everything off. I focus on every day I do, but uh, I make sure to make sure that Matt and I, we've, we've, we're focusing on our marriage and are really important things um, that have nothing to do with photography. So I think I, I have installed these, um, like I said, these safeguards in my personal life uh, that really help me um, of ever reaching a creative drought in the first place. So instead of waiting until it hits and then trying to figure out how to get out of it, I try to make sure I never get into it in the first place. Uh, and I think by taking time away, investing in new hobbies and new interests keeps my mind fresh uh, and keeps it really sharp uh, so that when I do jump into it with my cameras, um, I'm not burnt out, worn out, exhausted. Um, I'm pretty anti Gary V and the whole, his whole thing is just like workaholic. Don't stop. You just push through it. You, and that's just, we're human beings and we are designed and we are made to rest. It is not normal for us to work nonstop and to be this, like, go, I'm all about working hard. I'm all about the hustle life, but to an extent, I think it is massively important for us as, as artists, as again, as humans to find time to rest. It's not healthy to go, 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 go. Don't stop. Don't, it's just, yeah, it might get you really far in, in career and life, but it's, I think it's going to cause a lot of issues uh, and a lot of handicaps for you in the future. Um, we are made to find solace, to find rest and to, and I just, I feel like that's so not how people talk in terms of like work life. It's just like, you just, you, you bust your ass and you work so hard and you don't stop and you just go, 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 go. And I'm, again, I'm about that to some extent, but I think that's been the biggest thing for me um, in, uh, in my whole life and my marriage and my personal life and my, my physical, emotional, spiritual, all of it. It all starts with finding time to stop and to not feel like I have to take the photo or I feel like I have to keep working or I have to get ahead. It's just, I need, I need to rest and I need to calm down, enjoy life. And that has been the greatest thing um, for me and uh, my work for sure. In every interview that I've seen where you're walking around, 
that could be when you do the photo walk with William or when you worked with Film Supply Club, you are always looking around. It's never where you're looking at who's talking to you. How do you train your eyes as a photographer in this whole process that you've uh, been taking photos? Yeah, I think it, um, like I mentioned earlier, I think it all started for me with um, collecting photo books, seeing um, these unbelievable inspirational images um, from different decades, different eras, different countries, different mediums, different film stocks, all of it. It just, it gave me um, a rush that, I don't know, it's hard to explain. Um, Yeah, it just instilled in me um, and it gave me an excitement of life of wanting to see similar things and wanting to make similar photographs um, or be able to to make photographs like that. Um, And so for me, since pretty much like 2015, when I started getting into street photography, uh, I was on my first trip to Israel. Uh, It was just after I got married in October in 2015. Um, It was in that moment in that season where like everything started to become interesting to me. Everything, every little like mundane, unlikely detail and just daily life, whether it would here in the States or somewhere abroad at home or just wherever I was living at the time with Madison. Um, I was just drawn to the way that light hits at certain times of the day and little, little details. I don't know, whatever it is. I just was drawn to those little moments. Um, I think the biggest thing is um, I'm always trying to see things through a frame. Even if I have a camera on me or not, I'm always looking through those four corners. Always. Whether I, again, whether it's me actually looking through the viewfinder or having a camera in my hand, or whether it's I'm taking a run, you know, went on an 11 mile run yesterday and I'm running throughout town and I'm, I'm recognizing light hitting these homes and, oh, there's a beautiful car right there, the, the way the leaves kind of where it's, it's autumn here. So there was a, a gust of wind that came through and it hit this beautiful patch of light as I was running and there was this lady walking her dog. I had no phone on me, I had no camera, but I just sat in that beautiful mo- uh, moment. It, the movement was happening, the light was warm. Uh, there was emotion. All of the elements I look for when I make a photograph was there in that moment while I was on my run. I'm always looking through a frame, always. Always, if I go to my niece's birthday party and whether I have my camera or not, I'm looking for moments to photograph. And I think that's the, that's the biggest thing that we can do as photographers is there's no off button. It's not like, a, like any other job, if you're a lawyer, a doctor or whatever, you have that distinct, there's that from nine to five, you, you start at nine, you end at five, you turn it off, you go home. You would, that doesn't exist with photographers. It shouldn't exist. Maybe it exists for some people. For me, it's like, I'm never off. I'm always on. Whether I'm in here, I'm looking at books or, or the way that light comes in in our new home here in the morning. I get up early just so I can see the light rush through my house while I'm making coffee. This, but like I'm drawn to beautiful light and I'm drawn to like always looking to see like, okay, would I, would I make a photograph here? What would it look like? Could I, could I envision the final product? Okay, would it look like if I was, what would it look like if I was using Portrait 400? If I shot it digitally, I'm, I'm constantly just envisioning myself making the photograph or trying to envision the final product. Um, that act alone is constantly sharpening my, my way to, to, to make a photograph or just my photographic process especially like when I'm on the road or I'm in the car, that's probably my favorite thing is whether I'm just Maddie and I are driving to dinner or something or whatever it is. Um, and I'm not able to make a photograph. I'm just, I'm, my eyes are wandering. I've always been that way. I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty extroverted individual, very fast paced moving kind of 
kind of guy. So I think that stems from my personality. Um, but I'm just, I've, ca I've caught the photography bug and uh, I hope, Lord willing, I hope to have it my entire life. Um, I'll never retire. It's the one career path where I don't envision myself ever retiring. I will, as long as my eyes, my hands, my feet are able, I will be making photographs until the day I die. And so for me, it's like, okay, I got a long, Lord willing, I got a long way to go to get to that point. So for now it's, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta establish um, some rhythms in my life uh, that constantly help me to get to where I want to be um, and to reach the level that I want to reach. And the only way that that I can get there and reach that, that spot is by not turning it off. Obviously I mentioned taking time to rest. I do rest. There is an off season and off time that I have weekly. Um, but even in that moment, when I'm like on my, my off days, I call it my Sabbath, uh, where I take a 24 hour period and I go offline and I just, I don't work. And I, when I'm in that moment, I'm still like watching the way that light hits. Or if I go on a run, I'm still thinking through um, making photographs and it's just, I've, it's, it's, I live and breathe it. And um, I think that's the biggest thing uh, for any photographer um, old or young is we, it's just photography is infectious. It's infectious. It's the greatest. I tweeted about it the other day. It's the greatest. Um, I think, I feel like we have the greatest job. It's the, I don't even think of it as a job. It's, it's an absolute pleasure and joy um, to be able to make photographs for a living. I, I'll never take it for granted. And I, being in that, I just, I'm always, yeah, I'm always looking through a frame uh, in every element of my life. Always. It doesn't stop. People love your fashion style. Where <laughs> do you draw your inspiration um, from when it comes to all that? Yeah, that pretty much came from, uh, I had pretty horrible fashion in my early 20s. Um, pretty bad. And uh, hopefully there are no photos that exist of that. Um, I'm sure they are somewhere on Facebook, but uh, it all started from uh, Madison, uh, you know, her kind of being in the fashion space uh, and that fashion world. Uh, she, I, I mean, that she has incredible style. And so she inspired me to just, just take a little bit more time to care about it. And, um, and so once I started doing that, I kind of, that kind of started to come out. My personality started to, to kind of come out of my fashion and I was just drawn to certain things. There's nothing right now that I, it's just, I know what, what themes and what shapes and what colors I, I look for um, in terms of my fashion. Um, I just want to be comfortable. I don't like having a lot of the same things. I've got a, you know, this, this indigo dye sweater that I bought from my favorite brand here in Nashville. Um, I'll, I'll be wearing this all, all winter. Like it's the kind of material that will start to, fade here in the elbows and it's just one of those sweaters that I want in two years time for it to be a totally different shade of blue. Um, and so I care about the, just the really uh, key essentials. I've got a few pair of pants, a few good sweaters, uh, just simple tee um, and, if, and a few pairs of boots. But aside from that, I just, I don't know. I, uh, it, there's no real way of what I look for. It's just, I'm, I'm drawn to certain colors, kind of those earth tones. Uh, besides, I've been really into blue lately, so I'm on, on this blue indigo kick, as you can yeah. tell. The blue hat, blue thing, blue glasses. So it's just, yeah, I'm just drawn to, I don't know, it's, it changes, I guess, every year, every season. But um, right now, I just, it's, it's all about uh, just like simple key pieces. But it all started from uh, my wife, Madison. She's, she's the fashion goat. At the time of this interview, the Bengals are two, <laughs> five, and one a massive improvement we could say from the year before what have 
what has been the most significant improvement you have seen as a fan, but also like being someone who watches football? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Joe Burrow has completely changed our organization. Um, uh, yeah, Joe Burrow, and to be able to see him in person two weeks ago when they played in the, the five and one uh, Tennessee Titans, uh, the Nashville home team here, that was a joy to see. Um, Joe Burley has changed uh, the organization and will continue to change uh, the, the organization. He's the future. He's the, the centerpiece uh, to our team ever having a hope to make the playoffs or to make it far in the playoffs or to even reach the Super Bowl. It all starts and ends with Joe Burrow. So that's been the big thing. Um, yeah, we're two, five and one. Um, we're already tied pretty much our record from last year, which is great. Um, at this point in the season last year, we were 0 and 8. We had not won yet. And I think it was week nine when we uh, got our first one, I think, which was against the Jets. Um, we go into pretty hard week this week against our rivals in the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, they've been playing pretty crappy. Uh, ben just hurt both knees, so I'm pretty hopeful there. Um, but I don't know, man. It's uh, I love football. I always have. It was um, as a kid, um, my family just loved football. I never played. Uh, I was a runner. Um, but I just, my older brother, he, uh, he kind of got me into it when I was, you know, younger and, uh, obviously I wanted to be like him and, uh, liked what he liked. And we have a lot of family in the Cincinnati, uh, aunts, uncles, cousins, uh, nephews in Cincinnati, Sharonsville, Dayton, the whole Cincinnati surrounding area. So growing up in Florida every summer, every winter breaks, we would go up there. And so in the summer, we were going to training camp, going to Reds games. And in the winters, we were all watching the tail end of uh, the season going into playoffs. And so I was just all of my aunts and uncles and nephew, cousins were all Bengals fans. So I just wanted to be like them when I was like eight or nine. And so that's kind of how I became a Bengals fan. And then it's just been a really sad 20 years later uh, where we have not won a playoff game. Uh, we've been six times. Uh, one through Carson Palmer, five through Andy Dalton era, and we have not won a playoff game yet. So I am hopeful that Joe Burrow uh, will turn the tide, will begin this new chapter uh, for us. I got my Burrow jersey. I am I live and breathe um, football. It's it's a good distraction from photography. Like I mentioned, like that's so he healthy for us as just artists and uh, I guess photographers is to have a an outlet something else that you can invest time and energy and excitement and joy and love and pain and growth in that has nothing to do with um, your career as a photographer. At least for me, that helps me a lot to just like put photography aside for a minute and just to geek out about Joe Burrow. And um, hopefully someday I get to photograph him. That's kind of the, the, how I'm bridging and trying to bring in my photography and my love for football is like trying to do something photographically for the Bengals. That would be an absolute dream come true. Yeah, um, thank you for taking the time. I know you're a really busy person. It really means a lot for you to come onto the show. No, man, appreciate you reaching out. Um, sorry it took me a minute to, to get back to you, but um, no, I'm stoked with, uh, yeah, the conversation. You had some great, great questions and hopefully it, yeah, hopefully people enjoy it and found something uh, fun about it. But no, man, I had a really good time. Thank you so much for having me on. We appreciate it. I wanted to thank you, Joe, for taking the time to hang out and have a conversation about photography. You can see Joe's work on Inside Joe Greer and Joe Street. Both are spelt with an I instead of a J, as well as his YouTube channel. Thank you for listening and stay safe out there.